Good Nature Wellness Podcast, Episode 24. Hello and welcome to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. This podcast is all about discovering how you can transform, re-energize, and strengthen your body naturally with the healing power of food to regain control over your health, reclaim your energy, feel better, look better, and be stronger for life. I'm your host, board-certified master health and wellness coach, Barbara Walsh. Hey everyone, I am really excited that you are joining me for the first of two very special episodes. I recently met an amazing woman who graciously agreed to be my guest. Dr. Renee Wellenstein is a board-certified OBGYN who faced her own personal health challenge that caused her to step outside of the box of conventional medicine and take a radically different approach to heal herself from the deep depths of burnout. Once she got her health and her life back on track, she decided to make a pivot in her career by joining the world of functional medicine and becoming a board-certified functional medicine practitioner. Today, Dr. Renee is known as the libidoologist, empowering women to take control of their health, jumpstart their energy, improve their confidence, and reignite their libido. I recently had a chance to sit down with Dr. Renee when she shared her inspiring story with me, and I am so thrilled to be able to share our amazing chat with you, too. So without further ado, here's part one of my interview with Dr. Renee Wellenstein. Welcome, everyone. I just wanted to uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I have an amazing guest, Dr. Renee Wellenstein, and she's going to talk with us today about her experience um, of actually transitioning from becoming a conventional OBGYN into the world of functional medicine. And she's also going to share with us some really important things that we need to know as women about hormones and hormone imbalance. So welcome, Dr. Renee. I'm so, so happy that you could be with me today. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited for our, our chat. Me too. Me too. I've been really looking forward to it. So tell us a little bit about how you transitioned from conventional to um the world of functional, and then we can maybe move over into hormones. Absolutely. You know, this was not intentional, this move. Uh, when I trained as a conventional OBGYN, I thought forevermore, I was going to train, live and die uh, obstetrician gynecologist. And the universe had other plans for me. So I thought I was living the textbook storybook life of a doctor. Uh, I had twins in 20. Oh gosh, 2007. I have to remember how, how long ago. And uh, at that point I had married a physician. We were living in a suburb of New York city and it was just too crazy between both of us and our, our careers, trying to raise two little ones. Um, you know, they, there's a, it's like a crash course in parenting, like give me a two at once. So we decided to move to the country because we just needed a, a slower pace of life. And, uh, so we did, we moved to uh, near where I grew up and, of course, what do you do when you move to the country? You get a horse. I was also a daughter of a dairy farmer. And at the age of seven, I was begging him for a horse. And he said, no, no, no. And I said, dad, you wait, I'm going to get that horse. At the age of 39, I got that horse. <laughs> and then shortly after I fell off that horse. And I always say that's where my story begins, because that's really the pivotal moment in my life where everything changed and nothing was ever going to be the same. So I, I won't belabor all of the little details, but essentially I was out of work, uh, completely out of work for six months. I was failing every prognosis or every prognostic milestone, meaning I was in the hospital for a couple of days with fractures on my back. 
from this fall. And I was told you're going to be back to work in six weeks. You're going to be back on your feet. So as an overachiever, I was like, okay, six weeks, I'll be back to work. I'm telling my patients, I'm telling the other docs six weeks come. And I, I, there was no way I was ready to go back to work. I was still in incredible amount of pain. And then, you know, finally, six months later, I still was in a lot of pain. So I had a procedure to try to get me back into back on my feet and back into the office. And it did just that. However, I could no longer deliver babies or operate. And it was really interesting what happened over the next year. Uh, I was starting not only having the physical pain, but I also started having these other different symptoms that I may have had for a longer period of time. I just was slowed down so much now that I really wasn't delivering the babies or operating that I actually could feel in my body how I was feeling. And you know, some of these symptoms were like, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I had really low energy. I found myself inadvertently living on a pot of coffee a day, sugar, a constant sugar infusion throughout the day. And again, I didn't know why I just had these incredible cravings, sugar, salt, and caffeine. My, again, my, my choice was coffee. And, you know, I essentially had enough energy to try to drag myself out of bed in the morning, get to work, uh, which I only worked a couple of days a week. And then I was just counting down the minutes I got back home to lay back on the couch. At this time, my kids were six, seven years old and they were little still, but I was like, I felt like a deadbeat mom. Here I am like coming home from work. Can't even play with my kids. I just laid on the couch. You know, I didn't feel like a very good wife for dinners. I was just essentially opening up a bag of whatever with fancy sauce in it and put it on, on everyone's plates. And you know, what really, what really got me was the morning I woke up and I realized I know I no longer had life purpose. Like I no longer was showing up in my office and changing lives. And essentially how I used to do that was delivering the babies and operating. I was doing pap smears all day. And I would have so many patients say, Dr. Renee, can you just deliver my baby? And I couldn't, I physically could not. And, you know, that's when I told my husband, I'm like, gosh, like now I realize what life purpose means and how important it is. And, you know, that compounded with all my physical symptoms, as well as my chronic pain, which could be, it's very, it can emotionally wear on you after a while. I said to him one evening, I can't go on living like this. And I honestly thought of no longer living. And that's when I knew I needed help. So I went to my doctor but mind you, this whole time, I'm trying to shove myself into a, a diagnosis box. I'm like, what else could this be? The only thing I could come up with was depression. Hmm. And so of course I went to my doc and she's like, I think you have depression. And I was like, yeah, you know, I thought about that. And I've diagnosed myself with that too, but it just doesn't feel like what depression should feel like, but give me the pills. I just want to feel better. Hmm. So six months later, two different antidepressants had all of the side effects and actually it did not improve my symptoms at all. I cold Turkey went off of the prescription meds. And I was like, now what? Incidentally, at the same time, my, a friend of mine actually hooked, uh, connected me with a functional medicine doc. I didn't even know what that was. I had no idea, but also at this time to add a little spice to my life, I was selling skincare because what does a doc do when she's bored? She just does something she's never done before, which is sell skincare. And so it was this anti-aging skincare. So I get on the phone with her one night, nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, Hey, I have this great skincare. She's like, Oh, I got my own skincare line, but you know, so I'm good there, but let's talk about you and what's going on with you. So we took a deep dive into my symptoms and literally within five minutes, number one, she did the most important thing, I think for myself and every woman out there having symptoms that aren't quite 
fitting into that box or remedied by a pill, she validated my symptoms, you know, because at this point I thought before this conversation, it's all in my head. It must be right. I don't have depression. The pills didn't work. It's all in my head. And so she just said, no, you have something real going on. And that right there, if that's all she did for me, it would have changed my life. But she went further to say, I think you have a condition whereby your adrenals, we we used to call adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are the little glands on your kidneys that produce the stress hormone cortisol amongst other hormones. But mine were burned out. Mine were exhausted to begin with. And then I fall off a horse and bam, that did it for me. And it's interesting because I was actually literally sitting in bed talking to her and I have my computer on my lap and I'm Googling as she's talking. And I'm like, it was mind blowing that my symptoms were sitting right in front of me. And I had no idea. Wow. Here I am a conventionally trained doctor practicing for at this point, you know, 13, 14 years. I had never, I had never come across this, but there are my symptoms staring me in the face. And she said, of course, we're going to make sure that that's what it is. This was a, you know, a test that we have to do, but she's like, honestly, you don't need the prescription medications. You need X, Y, and Z, you know, lifestyle changes, you know, but not overnight. It's going to try to take you upwards of a, a year, two years to feel better. And then right on the heels of that, she said, so do you want to join me in practice? I was like, what do you do? <laughs> I don't even know what you do. <laughs> and so she's like, you know, she explained what she did. And I, I Googled the fellowship and I was like, right there was my life purpose back. I was like, this is what I have to do because number one, it changed my life in one night, one 30 minute conversation. This woman gave me my life back and she gave me a new career, but, um, you know, just it was just so interesting getting to the root cause of symptoms. Wow. What a novel idea. not just, you know, putting a diagnosis on it and throwing a pill on it. And it was just completely not how I was. I was not educated on how to do this. Although a lot of the things that I went on to learn in fellowship, I learned in medical school, but it was just, and even residency, but it was glossed over by essentially focusing on how to make a diagnosis and how you know, what pill to prescribe for that diagnosis, you know, and much more so on like side effects of the medications, how they work, what other medications they interact with. So like there was a huge part of my medical career that's just focused on drugs. Mm. And it's interesting when you're in it, you don't see it. Yeah. And I got out of it and said, wow, like, look at all these things that I learned, but it was just like glossed over. Like, okay, this is how your body works, but then this is what can go wrong with it. And this is the pill to prescribe for it. Wow. So I actually, I did exactly what I had planned on doing. I, I accepted that night, a job with her did, hadn't even met her. This is the first time I had met her and, um, started my fellowship pretty much right away. And, uh, there was uh, back then it was, they, they understood that a lot of physicians coming into this fellowship had practices they were working, which I was. So a lot of it, we could do online study. And then, you know, the testing was in person, of course. And, um, a couple other things were in person. So I became board certified in functional medicine. Wow. And, uh, the rest is history. So, you know, and, and I never, to this day, um, it's interesting because a lot of people say to me, like, why can't you go back to the hospital? They just don't understand what I do. And I can't practice the way I, I can't prescribe the medications that I used to prescribe because I truly believe some are harmful. Mm. And what, yeah, what I did feel, I was in that world a little bit while doing my fellowship, trying to finish up my time at the hospital. And I honestly felt bullied by some insurance companies once in a while when I wanted a more natural hormone for 
replacement. And they were like, Nope, you have to use this one instead because it's cheaper and it's covered. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm like, this is harmful to women. Why are we giving it to them? You know, because it's cheaper and is covered by insurance. So I, I could not stay in that world beyond the short little time because I couldn't go to bed at night knowing what I knew now and, and take care of women. I took an oath to do no harm. So now that I know better, I want to do better. So I completely left conventional OBGYN and went into the functional world, you know, again, really with a love for women's health. Wow. That's incredible. I think, you know, I actually have to commend you for even doing that. I'm sure it's really a difficult choice, especially like when you get opposition from colleagues, it's probably really difficult, but knowing what you went through personally, it totally changed everything. So, Mm -hmm. so that gave you that purpose back, like you were saying, I think it's fantastic that you actually went for that. I think that's really amazing. So we need need more functional medicine doctors. We do. We do. do. And, you know, I think a lot fear the judgment because to this day, I still get judged for my career choice and, and leaving, you know, the very lucrative field of obstetrics, gynecology. And, you know, you could, couldn't pay me back that salary to go and and practice that medicine whereby, again, it's not all, I don't want to say bad, but like, there are just certain components, but you have to take it all. And when I can't take it all, I have to leave it all and, and do things my way. So, so I still, to this day, you know, we are getting a little more accepted out there, but there are still a very large number of outspoken physicians that are totally, instead of seeing us as like working together for the common good of the patient, we're unfortunately for some seen as competition, which I don't even know if that exists in, in the healthcare right now, you know, it's mm-hmm. just whoever can ha- help, help women and in my world, women, cause that's who I work with. But. Sure. sure. Definitely. So you were saying, um, through your experience that you found out that your adrenals were exhausted. So what does that mean to someone who doesn't really understand mm-hmm. what the adrenals are? What do they do? And how can you tell if your, your adrenals are compromised like that? Yeah. Well, you know, so what, it, when, after you listen to this, don't run to your doctor and say, I think I have adrenal dysfunction because they're going to call you cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> you could listen to one of those crazy podcasts again. <laughs> um, and you, you, you know what? Honestly, you might have some really open-minded physicians out there. I don't want to, I don't want a blanket statement saying, but essentially how I was conventionally trained is that your these little glands on top of your kidneys are called the adrenal glands. They're little powerhouses. Let me tell you, they may be little, but they're mighty. And conventionally as a doctor, we think that there is just two conditions that can go wrong with them. Essentially that they're making no hormones, which a lot of the hormones they make not only help us with our stress response, but also help us with like electrolyte balance, like salt and water and all the kind of important things that we need going on that we don't even think about in our body. And then there's the other extreme whereby your adrenal glands are producing too many hormones. And that's not as life-threatening, but definitely symptomatic, um, physically symptomatic. And, you know, obviously you don't want too many of these hormones coursing through your body either. And as a conventionally trained doc, like we just are trained to think there's just, there's opposite ends of the spectrum and there's nothing in between. It's kind of counterintuitive because if you think about it before your kidneys fail, you have acute kidney failure. Like you don't, your kidneys, you don't just usually wake up one morning and have your kidneys no longer functioning. Same with women with ovaries. Typically a lot of women will have that perimenopausal phase where there's a little dysfunction. And then one day they stop. 
and, you know, every other organ we can kind of compare. So why can't the adrenals do the same thing? Why can't there be an in-between of like over-functioning, non-functioning at all? There's some in-between. And again, this is more, as not an autoimmune condition. This is more related to stress. So essentially the hormone I talk about a lot with the adrenal glands is cortisol, which again is the, is our fight or flight hormone. It's the, it's the hormone that gets released when you, a car juts out in front of you and you're almost in an accident or, you know, or prehistorically, you know, a tiger jumped out of a bush, your cortisol goes up because it does a lot of great things It mobilizes sugar to get you to run. Uh, it shuts down things that you don't necessarily need. Like you don't need to digest your food. You don't need to poop. You don't need to have a baby. So it shuts down your ovaries like transiently. So you can actually put all your energy to your muscles running from that tiger or putting on the brakes or what have you. And this particular hormone cortisol actually is secreted. Um, there's a, a very typical pattern throughout the day whereby it's, it rises in the morning and that's how we're the sun. That's what gets us up in the morning. A lot of times people say, I don't even need an alarm clock. That's your cortisol waking you up. So cortisol typically is higher in the morning. The highest is going to be throughout the day to actually get your body started, um, set your, your internal biological clock, wake up. And then throughout the day, cortisol quote unquote should, I don't love the word should, but in an ideal world, it should nicely come down. And then in the evening hours be low at which time your melatonin, which is our sleep hormone starts coming up as the sun sets. Now that's in a beautiful, typical world. And that's exactly how we want it to, to function. However, with modern day stressors 24 seven, you know, and I'm not even talking about like when people say stress, like I see all I see all stress, you know, we have the stress of like, um, physical stressors, you know, medical illnesses, but like emotional, you know, like worrying about finances, but then, then there's always like negative self-talk, which women are so great at, like they beat themselves up from the morning until night and all day in between. And, you know, that is really stressful on the body as well. Compound that with worrying about the finances and the kids getting virtual schooled and COVID and all the things stress is the last couple of years has been an all-time high. It was high to begin with. And, you know, a lot of times we are our, our little adrenal glands. They pump out that cortisol to keep up with that stress response. Your body doesn't know that, oh my gosh, you're just stressed about the kids virtually schooling, or are you dying? Like, are you ready? Are you running from that tiger? Like stress is stress to your body. It's going to do the same exact response. It's going to release that cortisol, the sugar, shut down your gut. So you're not digesting, you're not pooping all the things. And when we chronically do that after a while, your little adrenal glands get fatigued and that is a coin term, you know, but I think it describes the condition beautifully whereby they get tired, they get tired of churning out tons and tons of cortisol. Not only that, the effects of that elevated level of cortisol on your body throughout time is not great for, for people. You know, we get sugar issues, we get weight issues, we can't focus, our brains foggy, all the things. And then eventually your little glands are like, we're tired. We're not going to put out that high level of cortisol in the morning. So guess what? You're not going to get out of bed when the sun rises, you're going to struggle in the fifth snooze button to get out of bed. And that's kind of where I was. I was that struggling person couldn't get out of bed and, um, you know, and, and throughout the day, and it looks different in everybody. Um, you know, why are two people different with the same stressors? Genetics come into play lifestyle comes into play, you know, how you're feeding your body, how you're sleeping, 
how do you manage your stress comes into play. And some are more affected earlier on with stressors than others. Like I went years and years and years. It wasn't until I got literally knocked off the horse that I had symptoms, but I was also slow enough to actually feel my body and like notice something was going on. Um, and realize I was consuming way too much coffee and sugar and salt just to sort of cope with my symptoms. So that's it in a nutshell. So, and there's varying degrees of it. I used to always love to catch, um, women on the earlier side of it before, you know, I did see very few women with very, you know, um, how do I want to say it? Take words all throughout the whole day. Like it was just essentially low. And that's, those are cases where I would actually make sure that the adrenal glands were functioning optimally with the other hormones as well. But, um, I would catch most of the women in the in-between stages where they're just starting those early symptoms of just feeling a little tired. They can't quite get out of bed. They kind of are dragging throughout the whole day, finding themselves relying on these substances for external energy and, um, not really knowing what's going on. Many of them like myself getting misdiagnosed. And I'm not saying that some don't have depression. I don't want to say that either, but you have to start asking questions when the pill's not quite fixing the symptoms. Right. And that was definitely my case. Yep. Yep. I totally hear you. I had, it's funny prior to my, um, experience with breast cancer, I experienced a lot of that. I had, just like you're saying, I would drag through the day. And of course, like probably every other woman out there, I didn't have time to not, you know, to, to just lay down. I had Mm -hmm. to keep going. So in order to push myself to do whatever I needed to get done, that was my go-to. I mean, I would visit that very famous coffee chain several times a day, (laughs) you know, and it was like, I was, I was a junkie. Honestly, I was, I mean, I always loved coffee, but I couldn't, I couldn't survive without it between coffee, sugary snacks and salty foods. All of that combination was my go-to too. But even with all of that, I think it would give me those little bursts, but then I would always end up kind of worse off than I was before. And it became like this vicious cycle that I, I couldn't really get out of, you know? And I think that's true for a lot of people out there for sure. I think two things um, are happening. Number one, we're normalizing this, this, these symptoms like, oh, it's just normal for you not to have energy. It's normal for you to hit the snooze button five days. It's five times in the morning. It's normal for you to live on. We make fun of the fact that we all need three cups of coffee in the afternoon or like, you know, the cravings and all the things like we, we laugh about it, but like, honestly, and we normalize it, but is it normal question mark, <laughs> you yeah. know? I have to ask you, is it normal? And, you know, cause a lot of women don't know what it is to feel energetic or to feel like they don't need the cup of coffee. Like this is their new norm. This is what they need to get throughout the day. And number two, you know, women are not present in their body. We are so, like you said, like we're just on the go and we just need to, oh gosh, we got the afternoon meeting. So like, let me stop at that chain <laughs> and get a, a, a vente and like get the biggest one I can and maybe get two. Cause I might need, you know, a couple to get through the rest of my afternoon meetings. And, you know, we're literally like, we're not, we're just thinking like the future I'm getting to the meetings. Like, what do I need? Not like, why am I tired? Like, why do I feel like this? You know, we're not in that. And that was me. That was definitely me. And it's not until I physically was not able to get off the couch. I was actually able to be present in my body and say, gosh, I've really had fatigue for a long time. I just pushed through it. Yeah. And I blame my career of being up in that the sleepless nights did not help, but like, uh, I never, I never would ask questions. And I just thought it was a normal 
side effects of my job, being a twin mama, all the things. And again, some of it was sleep deprivation, but not all the time. So. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think we do have a tendency to normalize that. Mm -hmm. I think not only that, but other illnesses as well, just because our culture is so pharma focused, honestly, Mm -hmm. like every time you turn on the TV, there's medicines for this, medicines for that, medicines for everything under the sun that, and I had been in that position too, where I had all of these crazy symptoms that were recurring. I would go to the doctor, they couldn't pinpoint it. And so I would, they would send me, write me a prescription and they would send me home or I would constantly get over the counter, whatever, just trying to find relief. And then in a weird way, you just start feeling like, well, there's so many medications, this must be normal. <laughs> you know, they've, they've got something for all of this stuff. And so, or you just chalk it up to aging because, you know, when you get like, I'm in, I'm actually in menopause, so, or I've gone through menopause. When you get to a certain age, you just start to assume that, okay, my body's going to start breaking down and I'm just getting old and that's the way it is. But amazingly, it doesn't really have to be that way. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, it's interesting in in defense of my docs out there, you know, I I don't come on shows to like bad talk conventional medicine because it was a huge part of my life. And it's, it's all I knew. I didn't know there's this whole other side of functional medicine. And pills are good for some things. Like we need some pills to save our life, right? Sure. We have an infection, we might need an antibiotic. Like I get it. But I, I think we, as a society have been conditioned. I mean, I was in it again myself that have a symptom, go to your doc, get a pill. Yep. Right. And on the opposite side of being, I've, I've been both. I was that patient after my back injury on a handful of pills for my symptoms and then other pills for the side effects of those symptoms, the constipation and the nausea, all the things. And I'm like looking at my hand of pills going, gosh, wow. Like that, how'd that happen? Yeah. It happened because of my symptoms, but on the doctor side of it, docs now, I mean, it's always been a problem with time with patients, but they literally have five minutes with you. And I think as a former prescribing doc who had a prescription pad, almost always in her hand, I would feel better if you came in to me with a symptom and I gave you a prescription, I feel so much better that even if I only spent five minutes with you, which by the way, I never did. I, I was that doc that we ran over all the time. Cause I spent so much more time with my patients, but I would actually feel better when you walked out of my office with a prescription in hand, because I'm like, Oh, I did something to make her feel better. And I just prayed that it would work, you know, whatever, whatever I prescribed. But, right. um, it's, it's when docs can't do that, that we start feeling like, Oh, we're not doing our job. Like we're sending a patient out. And that's when that's when we start calling symptoms normal, you know, mm-hmm. when your blood work comes back normal, quote unquote normal, and we just don't have a diagnosis because everything looks from the blood work. Good. You're called normal, sent out the door despite having those symptoms. And that's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. I was yeah, essentially going to have to live like I was, and it was yeah. not acceptable. Yeah. And, and I think it's really interesting what you're saying too, about how, when you were in your situation, the fact that you worked with someone who validated, you know, what you were feeling and saying, you know, you know what, this isn't just all in your head. You know, you're not just, you're not just a a drama queen, you know, there's Mm -hmm. something going on in there, Mm -hmm. but the better part of it was there was something that you could actually do about it. So I think that that's, that's the biggest takeaway because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think most people think that, you know, if there's not a medication for it or something like that, then they're just going to be stuck feeling that way, you know, forever, you know? Yeah. That was me. That was me. I was feeling so helpless and hopeless. I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm like, how do I, 
I mean, what do I do now? Like I, the medications aren't working and I'm being shoveled out the door of my back. She was so sweet though. And she's like, I just don't know what else to do. And I'm like, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it somehow. I don't, I didn't know how, but like, I literally, like I said that, and then I'm walking out going, what the heck am I going to do now? Like live with this because the pills aren't working and there's, I don't fit in any other box of a diagnosis in the conventional world. And so you know, again, some of my docs really try to help when they ran out of options, i.e. pills, it's like, oh, we don't know what else to do. And mm-hmm. so that's when, you know, that's when functional medicine comes to save the day. Because a lot of times I even work with the women that have been, you know, failed the medications, their docs aren't listening, or they don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the part of that is because the docs are so busy, I get it. But when they don't know what to do about something, they don't listen always, always, you know, they'll say it's normal, go, you know? And so, you know, just that validation is a huge component for a lot of women I work with. Like you're, you're seen, you're heard, this is not normal and we're going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. That's life-changing in and of itself. Yep. I have the same thing with my coaching clients too, Mm -hmm. because they're, they come to you and they're just at their wits end usually is what happens. Mm -hmm. Ideally it would be great if we could reach people before they get to their wits end, but Thankfully, at least there are options, you know? Yeah. And I can't, yeah, I was at my wits end. Like I was, I was rock bottom. Like, I don't think I would have sought out functional medicine if those antidepressants had worked. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and and again, had it been depression, they would have worked and we wouldn't be having this conversation and I wouldn't be in functional medicine. But for me personally, that, that just wasn't the, the case. And it's really interesting for the conventional world, not to identify any adrenal dysfunction. Um, and it's called HPA access dysfunction, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal dysfunction. Like there's lots of names for it. Essentially your adrenal glands just aren't working optimally as they should, because they're just, they've been overutilized a little too much, but I saw it, I would say it probably in like 90, 95% of my patients when my office closed, I I used to have a brick and mortar for four years and I had 350 patients when we closed. And I would say 90 to 95% of them, mostly women, I would see it in. And it was just like, you know, and it's interesting because I could kind of tell based on a person, a woman's symptoms, how it would look, I would always play this little game. And, and we tested it by doing a, a salivary cortisol test. So essentially she would spit in a tube, okay. not very sexy <laughs> spit in a tube. Uh, but you know, we would be looking four times in a, in a day. So she spit in a tube four times during the day to see what her cortisol is doing throughout the day. And I would always play a little game of like how she felt and like what I thought her cortisol curve would look like. And you know, for that woman to come in and, and look at her, just like I did, like the day I saw mine, I wanted to cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's so real. Like, this is exactly how I feel throughout the day. And, you know, that's all, it, all it takes for a woman to really start changing her life, myself included, because when I saw that and I said, it's all within my control to change this. And I, the expectations, uh, cause I am an instant, I used to be an instant gratification kind of woman. And I think many people are like, I want to see results like now, <laughs> like yesterday, but I really had to, you know, have grace on myself and be like, you know what, this is going to take a longer time. And it's really hard when you're that exhausted, when you don't see immediate results to keep going. Uh, but, you know, just having that long game, whether it be six months, whether it be a year, whether it be two years in mind, but just knowing that it's not in your head and there's like, there's something you can do about it. It's just so life-changing. Yeah, life-changing. it is. It's incredible. Really empowering too. I really hope that you are enjoying this interview. 
Dr. Renee has such an amazing story that inspires me personally because the discovery of functional medicine, which is all about getting to the root cause of an illness rather than just masking a symptom, was a real game changer that was instrumental in helping me to overcome breast cancer naturally. Clearly, Dr. Renee and I have faced very different health challenges, yet in some way, I feel like we have shared experiences. And even though she's a double board certified doctor and I'm a board certified master health coach, we both have a passion for helping women reclaim their energy and their health. I really loved talking with Dr. Renee, and I honestly didn't want our chat to end. In fact, along with sharing her personal story and giving us an understanding of adrenal function when we spoke, she continued sharing her amazing insights about the real reason why so many women struggle with exhaustion and what we can do about it in part two of our interview in the next episode of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Good Nature Wellness Podcast to be notified when part two of my interview with Dr. Renee goes live, because believe me, you don't want to miss it. And if you want to find out more about Dr. Renee Wellenstein, you can connect with her on her website, www.drreneewellenstein.com, or by email, drrenee at drreneewellenstein.com, or on Facebook at The Libidoologist and Instagram at Dr. Renee Wellenstein. I'll be sure to leave Dr. Renee's links for you in the show notes for this episode as well. If you happen to be curious about my story of overcoming breast cancer naturally with the power of nutrition and prayer, without surgery, radiation, or chemo, and how I lost 30 pounds in the process without dieting, be sure to check out some of my earlier episodes of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast, especially episode one. And if you're a person who's been struggling and trying to find a way to keep your energy levels up and just plain feel better, believe me, I have been there. And speaking from personal experience, it absolutely is possible to turn your situation around. So if you're ready to regain your energy without maxing out on sugar or caffeine, I have the perfect free gift for you. I've created the Busy Woman's Secret to Energy That Won't Quit for all of those busy and exhausted women out there who want an effective natural solution that will make a real difference in the way that you feel every day. In fact, the secret that I share in this resource can help you to boost your energy levels naturally, stay energized without the rush of sugar or the jitters of caffeine, feel alert and focused even on the busiest days, and have enough energy to spare even when the workday ends. To get your free gift, go to www.goodnaturewellness.com slash secret energy freebie. And if you're like I was and you're tired of feeling tired and you want to take control, transform your health and look and feel better than ever, but you're not quite sure how to get started or how to stay with it once you do, I can definitely show you the way. So if you're ready to go a step further and find out how working with your own personal board-certified master health coach can help you reclaim your energy and experience positive changes in your body and your health that will last, go to goodnaturewellnesscalendar.as.me slash empowered health to grab a spot on my calendar for your free empowered health breakthrough session. Or you can send an email to healthcoachingwithbarbara at gmail.com or to barbara at goodnaturewellness.com. Or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at good underscore nature underscore wellness or on Facebook at Good Nature Wellness. Or you can also visit my website, www.goodnaturewellness.com 
I can't wait to hear from you. And before I go, I want to personally invite you to join my Facebook group, 40 Plus Women, Healthy, Fit, and Fabulous. It's a growing community of like-minded women who want to look and feel better naturally, and it would be amazing if you were a part of it. I'll leave a link in the show notes that you can use to join the group, along with all of my other links, so that we can get connected and stay connected. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really do hope that you enjoyed part one of my interview with Dr. Renee, and I hope that you could come back and join me for part two of my interview in our next episode. And if you know someone else who would benefit from hearing this information, please share it with them too. And if you're so inclined to leave a rating and a review for this show, I would really appreciate that. Your comments and ratings will make it easier for more people to find out about the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. Many thanks to all of you again. This has been Barbara Walsh, board-certified master health coach and host of the Good Nature Wellness Podcast. I'll see you next time. Disclaimer. The Good Nature Wellness Podcast offers information about nutrition, health, and wellness that is designed for educational purposes only. Any opinions expressed or information that is presented by NBC HWC board-certified master health coach Barbara Walsh is not a substitution for, nor should it be used as a replacement for medical advice or to diagnose or treat any medical condition. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult your physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay seeking medical advice or treatment from your physician or other healthcare professional because of something that you may have heard in this podcast. Please note that while every effort is made to broadcast information that has been carefully researched and is current, ongoing developments in medical research may impact health, wellness, and nutritional advice included in this podcast. No assurance can be given that information or advice included in this podcast will always include the most recent findings or developments related to the material in this or any episode. Any information provided in this podcast is to be used solely at your own risk. Under no circumstances will Barbara Walsh, Holy Health Coaching, LLC, DBA, Good Nature Wellness, be responsible for damages in connection with the use of this podcast.